0: If it were not for a tiny handful of journalists, shadow proofs Kevin Gostola preeminent among them, Americans might be utterly unaware that a London magistrate for the last month has been considering nothing less than whether journalists have a right to publish information the U.S. government doesn't want them to. Not whether outlets can leak classified information, but whether they can publish that information on, as in the case of WikiLeaks, U.S. war crimes and torture and assorted malfeasance to do with, for instance, the war on Afghanistan, which just entered its 19th year with zero U.S. corporate media interest. Assange's case, the unprecedented use of the Espionage Act to go after a journalist, has dire implications for all reporters— But this country's elite press corps have evidently decided they can simply whistle past it, perhaps hoping that if and when the state comes after them, they'll make a more sympathetic victim. Joining us now to discuss the case is Chip Gibbons. He's policy director at Defending Rights and Dissent. He joins us now by phone from Washington, D.C. Welcome back to Counterspin, Chip Gibbons.
1: Always a pleasure to be on Counterspin.
0: Well, I wondered first, given the absence of U.S. news media attention, if you could tell us just what's happening. I mean, it's a it's a hearing for Julian Assange's extradition. But in the very informative webinar that Defending Rights and Dissent did last night with Kevin Gastola of Shadowproof, who's pretty much single-handedly reporting on this, he called it a, a trial. So it feels like things are shifting around just in terms of what this means. And so if it's not too crazy a question, what's going on? Sure. So the U.S.
1: has indicted Julian Assange with 17 counts under the Espionage Act, as well as a count under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Assange is not a U.S. person. He's an Australian national. He was inside the Ecuadorian embassy for a number of years as Ecuador had granted him asylum And the U.K. had refused to basically recognize that and let him leave the country. So he was de facto imprisoned inside the embassy. And uh, after the indictment the U.S. issued, the new government of Ecuador, which is much less sympathetic to Assange than the previous Correa government, let the U.S. come in the embassy and, and seize him. And the U.S. is seeking Assange's extradition to the U.S. from the U.K., I guess probably technically a hearing, but Kevin's point was that it's more like what we would think of as a trial in that there's different witnesses, there's expert testimonies, there's different legal arguments at stake. Uh The defense, the witness portion of it has closed. It ended uh last week and, you know, there's going to be closing arguments submitted in writing and then the judge will render a decision and that decision will be appealable by either side. So regardless of the outcomes, we can expect appeals. So it does very closely mirror what we would think of more like a trial than uh, a hearing in the U.S. court context. It's important to really understand what's at stake with Assange's extradition. He is the first person ever indicted by the U.S. government under the Espionage Act for publishing truthful information The U.S. government has considered indicting journalists before. They considered indicting Seymour Hearst, a very famous investigative reporter. They considered indicting James Bamford because he has the audacity to try to write a book on the National Security Agency. But they've never done that. And Obama's administration looked at the idea of indicting Assange and said, no, this would violate the First Amendment and it would open the door to all kinds of other bad things but the Trump administration clearly doesn't have those qualms. And it's it's worth pointing out that Assange's indictment follows a unprecedented period initiated by the Obama administration of indicting whistleblowers or journalist sources under the Espionage Act. So we've seen Chelsea Manning indicted. We've seen Edward Snowden indicted under the Espionage Act. But To indict the journalists, though, is is a real new step and not for the best.
0: And well, and that's what I wanted to just to underscore or ask you to We do have rules around journalists being provided materials that might be hacked or that might be illegally obtained or that might be leaked. Journalists have... Right, I mean, through the smirkiness, journalists have a right to publish information, even if that information is illegally obtained. Is that not true?
1: That's what the Supreme Court has said in the past. That is the precedent. And I believe that is what prevented the Obama administration from moving against Assange. It'd be very interesting to see how this plays out in a U.S. court in the current environment. I mean, if whoever, Trump or Biden, whoever is president, you know, when this finally comes to the U.S., actually pursues this. And they actually are ruling, allowing, you know, the persecution of journalists. I mean, that's going to be a really dark, dark assault on free expression rights. And it's worth remembering. And, you know, Julian Assange is clearly very reviled in the corporate media and the political establishment right now. But the information he leaked came from Chelsea Manning, it dealt with US war crimes, and he worked with the New York Times, The Guardian, Deer Spiegel, Le Monde, Al Jazeera to publish this sort of information. So if he can go to jail for publishing this, why why can't the New York Times? And you know, is that a door anyone wants to open? And you know, there is a big press freedom angle here. I also want to talk about the fact though, like what did Julian Assange publish and why did it matter? You know, one of the witnesses that took the stand in his defense was Clive Stafford Smith, who's one of the founders of Reprieve UK. He's represented men detained at Guantanamo Bay and victims of U.S. drone strikes. And he discussed how the information published by WikiLeaks, given by whistleblower Chelsea Manning, like, has aided their work, including getting a court ruling in Pakistan saying that U.S. drone strikes were illegal and constituted a war crime. And other people who have done advocacy or journalism around Guantanamo testified about how WikiLeaks I published the Guantanamo Bay files, which showed how the U.S. government was holding people if they didn't suspect of any crimes. Right? I mean, Julian Assange is accused of Publishing information about war crimes, about human rights abuses, and about abuses of power that have been tremendously important, not just for the public's right to know, but also has made a real difference in advocacy around those issues. You know, people were able to go and get justice victims of rendition or able to go and get court rulings in other countries about U.S. drone strikes because of this information being the public domain. So attacking Assange, persecuting Assange, disappearing him into a supermax prison, this is a real blow to reporting and human rights advocacy. And you know, Assange isn't even a U.S. national. He's an Australian citizen. He didn't publish this information in this country. So basically, the U.S. is saying that if you exist anywhere in the world and you're a journalist and you do, you know, what I would call journalism, you know, exposing the crimes of the powerful, I know a lot of journalists in this country don't do that, but they can come and charge you with espionage, put you in solitary confinement put you in a supermax prison, we miss how high the stakes are in this country on this issue, but it's not lost on the rest of the world. I mean, look at who are Julian Assange's supporters. He has on his defense team uh, Balthazar Garzon, who's the very famous Spanish ex-judge who indicted Pinochet. His main attorney, Jennifer Robinson, is a famed human rights attorney who, in addition to representing Assange, has used information released by WikiLeaks in her other human rights cases. His international supporters include Jeremy Corbyn, the member of the British Parliament, Yanis Varoufakis, the former finance minister of Greece, Lula, the former president of Brazil, who himself was a political prisoner, Rafael Correa, the former president of Ecuador, who granted him you know asylum and has now had to leave the country as a victim of lawfare, continues to support him. You oftentimes see in the media he wore out his welcome with Ecuador. That's not true. The Ecuadorian government officials who granted him asylum still support him. Jean-Luc Mélenchon, the French, you know, left wing insurgent candidate. So if you look around the world, I mean like high profile left wing politicians, including current and former heads of state and you know, internationally renowned human rights activists support Assange. And that's because they understand this is about exposing war crimes. This is about exposing human rights abuses. And I wish more people in the U.S. would realize that's what's going on here.
0: Right. And finally, you know, the journalists who are kind of holding their nose right now on covering it aren't offering to give back the awards that they won based on reporting, uh, relying on WikiLeaks. Revelations, You know, and James Risen had an op-ed in The New York Times a while back in which he was talking about Glenn Greenwald, but also about Julian Assange. And he said that he thought that governments like he was talking about Bolsonaro in Brazil, as well as Donald Trump, that they're trying out these anti-press measures. And he said they seem to have decided to experiment with such draconian anti-press tactics by trying them out first on aggressive and disagreeable figures. And what struck me about that is that I feel like that's where the public comes in, frankly, because it's really for us to decide, like, are we going to say, well, you know, I don't like Julian Assange, so I'm not going to care about this case. You know, it's, it's up to us to say we can separate principle from person if we need to, you know, that we can see what's at stake and that we won't allow, in other words, media, which and in this case, an explicit tactic of sort of demonizing a person so that you can be encouraged to think, well, this has nothing to do with me. And if Assange, something bad happens to him, that doesn't have anything to do with me. And, you know, unfortunately, media are helping us make that disassociation from the person and the principal here.
1: Yeah, I mean, the U.S. media has done a really fantastic job of demonizing Julian Assange, which is not to say there could never be any legitimate criticisms or differences of opinion with him. I know a lot of people, including many of his longtime supporters, were very sort of displeased with some of the stuff he did or said during the 2016 election. But at the end of the day, right, that doesn't give the US government the right to disappear and torture someone for the crime of exposing its own actual crimes, right? Whether or not you agree with everything he's ever said or done and there's there's no one on this planet who I agree with everything they've ever said and done, not even myself for that matter, right? He took real risk to bring truth. I mean, I believe he said something like, you know, if wars can be started based on lies, then peace can be brought based on truth, right? I mean, that's the motto he's operating under. and We need people like Julian Assange and WikiLeaks to pursue the truth, to shine light on these abuses of power.
0: We've been speaking with Chip Gibbons, Policy Director at Defending Rights and Dissent. They're online at rightsanddissent.org. Chip Gibbons, thank you so much for joining us this week on Counterspin. Thank you for having me again.